From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. So to continue our conversation from uh, last hour of the Big and Wild Outdoors, uh, if you uh, caught it, you know, talking about Mexico, if you still wanted to call, put in your two cents worth, you can. It's 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. During the break, I let the guys know that my son completed his first week of football practice. And uh, like any time, it's the first week in the heat and the rain and everything else. Uh, it was pretty tough. And... Uh, I asked him, I said, hey, man, it's going to be a pretty good weekend. We might get some rain in the afternoon, but do you want to go do something this Saturday? <laughs> he just looked at me and goes, all I want to do is sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, are you sure about that? I said, we Best goes, times of your life. I just, I just want to sleep. And so the two things that anybody who's ever had to go through the first uh, week of football practice before uh, uh, high school football, uh, there's two things that you really, all you really want to do, eat. And sleep. That's pretty much it. Eat and sleep. I said, you won't think about going out with your buddies uh, and all that stuff till you're probably already into like uh, game four. Yeah. So uh, uh, after that, you'll be fine. We all know this, and I remember two a days, which it, it was like, like you said, it was like clockwork. Get up. I'd ride with my cousin and another buddy. We'd go to two a days. We'd always stop at the Presto station right there by the high school after we got done because the morning practice was hell on earth let's face it always so hot and get your two gatorades in your system go home clean up take a nap if you could <laughs> if you could and get ready for the afternoon be back there at three o'clock for the afternoon practice ours ours our routine uh, for the first uh year or so was uh when he did two a days usually two a days in the mornings we did sometimes we would do just nothing but weight room i yeah. mean so it was all good but if you had to work out with helmets and pads. Well, of uh, course you had to hit the Chinese buffet or something like that during the middle of the day to fuel back up for the yeah, afternoon right. practice. <laughs> A&W Root Beer. Oh. When they had their little places on Park Bowl, we'd drive down there, get a quart of root beer, and get two of those freaking Reuben dogs that they had that they had there. And that was like the routine. Fill up with sugar and sauerkraut and everything else. I didn't go back. Hardcore, baby. Ours was Larry's Deli in Land O'Lakes. It yeah. was uh, a little deli. It's like a little grocery store, but they made the best Cuban but, sandwiches ever. Uh, Fill up and go. Oh, just don't show up the, at practice full. That's all. Eat early. As soon as you get done, what do you want to do? Let's go eat. Let's go eat now. Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. Get it over with. So by well, the time we would go. Ours was the IHOP. It's now the IHOP in Plant City. But it used to be the uh, Mongolian Grill. <laughs> Mongo and Grill. There ain't no way I go eat that and then go back to football. Practice. Dude, Mongo Grill. we would hammer down on that. I mean, literally, like we walked in, it got to the point during two days, there'd be probably fifteen of us would walk in, and they just had the section for the Plant City football players in the back. And believe you me, there was a couple of guys on our team that they got the. You'll be here for hour. You go home. You, you eat too much. <laughs> we have no food left. It's kind of like the time that Steve Austin and I drove back from Brahma Island with a van full of offensive linemen oh, and, and uh, 
running people for the Buccaneers, and we stopped at that KFC there by Lake Wales. That's the buffet. <laughs> and it was embarrassing to see the amount of calories that were <laughs> taken off of that poor buffet. Those women were like, oh, I mean, dude, there was a pile of bones that literally looked like. Y'all realize uh, we're trying to fix chicken for tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was embarrassing to watch uh, somebody eat that much. But when they're used to eating, you know, twelve to 20,000 calories a day, uh, you know, KFC was murdered that day. Seriously. You Seriously. probably <laughs> ate a week's worth of their food. <laughs> Each person. They're close. Yeah. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the firearms industry and uh, the country of Mexico now filing a lawsuit against a bunch of the uh, firearms manufacturers. I just thought it was interesting that just underneath the, uh, the story, the gentleman sent me, he said, by the way, I want you to know this too. Maybe this has something to do with it, huh? Give me a little smiling face emoji thing. According to the uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation, uh, last uh, month in July, how many firearms do you think were sold in the United States? Wow, that's how many? How many do you take? Take a guess. One hundred sixty thousand per person. What do you, what do you mean? I mean I'm that's your number across the country, uh, across the board. You think it's slowed down that much? How about you, Jonathan? What are you thinking for a number? Probably the same. I will tell you this much. It's slightly up from June, just a little bit up from June, okay? And June represented the second highest total for the month in history. Uh-oh. July's adjusted background check for the country of the United States of America for the month of July was $1.3 million. Whoa! <laughs> $1.3 million. Folks, quit taking them to Mexico, please. I, I guess. Now, just to give you a little perspective from last year to this year, okay? Uh, let's start back in August of 2019. Okay? Things were going good. Economy oh, was, was great. Yeah, we had a lot of great jobs. Everybody was out there, you know, doing their thing. It was just a little bit over a million, uh, about, you know, a million, million two, somewhere around there. Uh, this year in August, they're projecting uh, last year to see the previous months. The most recent 12 months was 100 uh, and 750,000. And March was the big one this past year. 2020, March was a huge one where we almost topped uh, two and a half million. Wow. So hmm. uh, June, June was around uh, two point something mil. And then now we got this one for July when it was 1.3 million. Slightly up from June. So it's all good. I was off a little bit. So it doesn't seem to be slowing down very much. I know that if you think about it in March, wasn't that when the stimulus, uh, when the checks all went out? <laughs> yep. Wasn't that when everybody was going to pay rent, pay bills, uh, stimulate catch the up. economy, catch up, yeah, pay yeah. on some credit cards? Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 That's not where I'm thinking the vast majority of it went. Yeah. I bet you saw a lot of it. Dude, we yeah, yeah. Well, when well, those stimulus uh, checks came out, they weren't coming in going, "I'll take hmm, that one and that or that. that." They would be like, "I want that shotgun, I want this pistol, and I'll take that AR." Uh, I could mean, that literally, be, could that be a sign of uh, maybe there are a lot of people out there that still believe that the government can't take care of you? Uh, it's quite possible that they may feel that way. Sure. Yep. Or maybe that the fact that there might be a little tyranny on the horizon, so maybe they should just be prepared for it. 
Preparation. Could be that, or it could be, uh, you know, the vast majority of every network showing uh, stores being looted and wrecked and burned and everything else like that kind of makes people a little off their game a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, so congratulations to you new firearms owners, all 1.3 Get million Get some training, do some practicing. And I heard there's going to be another check coming, so... Uh Start looking online. Which one you want next? Start hunting for that ammo now. That'll be all good. Good luck. (laughs) It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Monkeys. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring in Jonathan Swindle and Mike Singleton standing in for uh, Bill George, who's out with a little bit of a sinus issue. Bill George. I guess he's getting a little snotty, so uh, he's uh, got to stay at home. Hey, uh, this hap- take any chances. He's taking his precautions, doing all of his other stuff. Yeah, well, you know, he just in case. Uh, I meant to mention this last weekend, and I didn't get a chance to. But I had to say that uh, we lost one of the great ones this last week. Uh, someone who's affected all of our lives in one way or another. Who uh, was a trusted guy that we used to see on TV all the time. And uh, actually invented one of the greatest things that I ever owned as a child, even into my adulthood. And uh, Mr. Ron Popeil, the inventor of the pocket fisherman. No. Went to the great beyond. Yep, last week. Went to the great fishing hole in the sky. Mr. In- Mr. Microphone, come on. Who didn't, uh, you know, hey, babe, we'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> you don't remember that commercial? No, I don't. Oh, most cheesiest, nastiest commercial <laughs> on the planet. I never heard that one. They yeah, wait, Mr. Right microphone, now. you could. it would come through. It would, you would dial it in yeah. on your radio. And you could, it would come through your radio speaker. So these guys are driving by a bunch of girls uh, with the top down on the car. And he picks up the mic, and they turn up the radio real loud. And he goes, hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. Of course they couldn't, of course they couldn't, <laughs> play, that com- that, they couldn't play that commercial today because somebody would be offended. By oh, it. yeah. Yeah. I never did own the rotisserie barbecue, though. But I will say that uh, the pocket fisherman, probably being one of the most iconic – Staples and just about anybody's tackle box. I did you have one? Did you did you have one? I never had one. Did you have one, Jonathan? You used one, never owned one. I've had. I owned one. And as a matter of fact, when uh, we were doing the show originally over on another radio station, we did the Pocket Fisherman Challenge. We gave Bart, my brother, the challenge, gave him a Pocket Fisherman, and his duty was to go out and catch Everything that we've ever caught before with a regular rod with his pocket fisherman. How and did he do? He cool. did extremely well. He, he caught a bunch of bass. He caught some trout, caught a couple of reds, uh, hooked a couple of snook. Uh, eventually, I, I don't remember what fish it was that it froze up on, but it eventually it, it died. 
Uh, but probably uh, when any gears left on the thing. No, I was about to say the redfish and the snook probably helped out with that deal. Stripped that thing. Yeah, well, yeah, and it was probably not. It was not really made for that. I think it was more made for kids, you know, to go out and catch a bunch of brim and stuff, which we did. What is, I don't even remember what it looks like. You don't remember it? Like no. folded. It was like the most goofiest un thing. Oh, yes. It folded down and. Uh, had a little crank on the side. It was all plastic yes. and everything else like that. And uh, I, he, I don't, I don't know if he. I guess he was the inventor of it, and of course he was the pitch man for it on television, on along with all the other things. Uh, wasn't he the original Ginsu guy or something? I don't remember. But oh, he had so many. Oh, I remember that. Look, it looked just like a fillet knife almost. It did yes. exactly. Yes, I'm looking at it right now on eBay. They're like 40 bucks on eBay. Yeah. Well, he passed away. Uh, he was 86 years old. He was the original. Well, I would say he would be the original OxyClean. Uh, oh, Billy Mays. Billy Mays. Billy, Mays, Billy yeah. Mays. I love Billy Mays. Yeah. yeah. Well, Billy Mays didn't make it to 86, but uh, yeah. Ron Papil certainly did. and the uh, Nice guy, too. So if you have a pocket fisherman somewhere in the back corner recesses of your garage or attic, hold on to it. It's probably now worth a lot more money, unless uh, do they even still make it? See if see if you can. You can get them on eBay right now. You can. Yep. How much are they? Uh, they're like thirty six bucks. Really? Yeah. Can I still in the box too? Brand new. I'm trying to remember the commercial. I think it was like nineteen ninety five. I remember that was his big number. You know, just for nineteen ninety. That's the funny part. All of them have bids. Yeah. Well, I, I remember there was a, when I first got, we first bought Arrowhead, there was a survival pack. A company came in that was trying to sell us, and that was one of the things in the survival pack was a pocket fisherman. For real. Like it had a fire starter. It had a pocket fisherman. Uh, That'd be nice to have. Now that would be that would be be awesome to have. And it was literally the guys like this is a survival pack. We're selling them. He goes, we're selling them for guys that hunt out west. The guys that do all that other stuff, like the backpack, like the like you were talking about the other day, the backpack style people that go out in the back country and stuff like that. Yeah, for a brook trout or something like that. But you catch one of those big salmon on there, you're over. It's over. I got a king salmon on my pocket <laughs> hey, fisherman. You catch a king salmon on a pocket fisherman, you're eating for a few days. That'd be so. cool to have, though. You don't have any more of them hidden somewhere. No, this I never. We never bought any of them. But Why I just. Are you so- oh my but god! They, uh, what, happened, what happened to the small, small business guys, man? You got to help them out, man. Dude, right. just think what they'd be worth today. I didn't have a lot of people at the time that were. You're the worst businessman on the planet. Oh my god! Of course, this is a regret that you're going to take to your grave. I, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got a warehouse. I knew I should have got the. That'll be his last. That'll be his last words on his deathbed. Should have bought the survival pocket. Oh, there's more than. Believe me, there's more than that that I should have done. But that's whatever. I always thought that uh, when Bart was doing the the challenge, he was still uh, putting mono on it, and that's when that's when Power Pro was just starting to get out and really start to get really. Oh my lord! I said, dude, you need to go put some like fifteen or twenty pounds on there. That that new Power Pro stuff on there. And that way, no matter what you hook onto, if the reel dies on you, you'll still be able to hand line that bad for you. Cut your hands wide open. I said, can you imagine if you got like, because uh, I think it came with like four or six pound mono on there. It was, it was really not designed. Didn't for they come out or... with a version of it too that it actually shot the bait, like shot it out like a crossbow? I don't know if that was Popeil who did that, but you I know do what I'm remember, talking about. Yes, I do remember that. They still make those with yeah. a little trigger, and you 
it shoots the lure out. Uh, It'll shoot it out like 20, 25 feet. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Pops it out there like a little pop gun. It's called a crossbow. No, <laughs> no. Like, like we're saying, it's like the pocket fisherman, but it's got a trigger on it that you shoot. It actually shoots the bait out literally like 20, 15, 20 feet. I never seen anything like that. And how much is the uh, highest bid on the uh, on the pocket fisherman well, on eBay? A bunch of them on there, right? Uh, Forty nine ninety nine is one. Are they I'm... all the uh, the original orange ones, or are they have the red and the? They have. They have the blue, black, oh, that orange. Nice. Yeah, that's the original. Yeah, like a yellow. Ooh, orange is eighty bucks. Here's one, yeah. one hundred ninety four dollars. What? But nobody's buying that one. Uh, what color is the $194 one? It is black. Is that new in box, too? New in box, 1972. Dude, that's like one of the original originals. Yep. 190 bucks though. Dude, I can probably buy a pretty decent little favorite rod and reel combo for that. Yeah, <laughs> well, here's it's the like... thing, though. Right now, like, here's one that closes in one day at $12.50. It's a little orange one. It's probably With broke. a box. Vintage? Is it broke? Nope. $12. With manual, it is used, though. That guy there does not know that Ron Pupil is dead. Because if he did, that would not be $12. Place Can you is. change oh, it? Oh, wow. Shipping. Fishing. Uh, shipping is twenty eight forty one. What the? That's a lot. Where's he shipping it from? Somewhere up uh, northern Canada? Whitefish or somewhere? Uh, Mexico. They're still, they're going to sue us for. <laughs> but uh, no, Colorado, no. Colorado. <laughs> Great. It must be somewhere way out in Colorado. Yeah, gotta, Colorado, man. If you got to get it that much, if you got to charge, I'm getting text much. now, man. I love the pocket feet. I got to drive. I had one of those. Who, who are you getting texts from? A buddy of mine's text. I love those things. They are. They're great. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had a friend of mine who got listening in Sevierville, Tennessee. No, right nice. Now. Um, a buddy of mine used to, Rich used to keep one in the back of his truck. And he used to keep it in there for when he was out driving around doing estimates. He uh, owns a sprinkler uh, lawn dealio. So whenever he's out and he sees a little pond over somewhere, you know, he could just This is going to impact your estimate real quick because if you got a good fishing hole, we might have to knock a few bucks sure, off. Sure, we'll do that. <laughs> you give me access to the lake. <laughs> but I think the greatest one was uh, Todd X. I think he caught a, like a five pound bass out of the pond. On one of those? I guess I can give it uh, the direction. Now, not only did he catch it with a pocket fisherman, but this is the big kicker. If you go across Gandy and you go over to Tampa and you go past Dale Mabry, and just before you get to, what's the other one there? Uh, the next one where Rodney's Barbecue and all that used to be there. I can't remember now. I know where you're talking There's about. an apartment complex right there on the right-hand side of the road that has a pond in the front with a fountain. Okay, there's right an apartment. by uh, Gordon Chevrolet? No, it's on Gandy. You go oh, across. Oh, I thought you said Dale Mabry. You know, you go past Dale Mabry. You know, Gandy goes across yeah. Dale Mabry. And then you go past the car wash, and there's a road there. And then the next road over between there and the next road, I don't think it's McDill. Maybe it is. I don't know. But there's an apartment complex there. You can see it. There's a wrought iron uh, fencing around it, and there's a pond in the front with a fountain. Mm-hmm. Never think there'd ever be a fish in there. You never think anything would live there. It's an apartment. Todd X rode his bicycle down there, pocket fisherman in hand, with a helicopter lure. Both items bought off the TV and caught a five-pound bass in that pond. <laughs> Riding his the- bicycle, carrying his five-pound bass home. 
through that helicopter lure hey, dang near across, <laughs> through that helicopter lure almost across the entire pond, and you know that thing was just like a tube with a little propeller on the yeah. back, and he's like, boom, with a with a pocket fisherman, a tube, and it had like a little cut in the front of it, right, like a little V almost. Yeah, and on the back it had like yep. little propellers. Yeah, 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 helicopter lure. And uh, like I said, no, both no. items and, bought and, off the TV. And your favorite, your favorite other person that comes on here sometimes, Mr. Earl, would say, well, there's nothing posted here that said you can't fish. And yeah. that's exactly what it was. Well, Before funny, there was a rod iron gate, The funny part about them lures is they painted them to look like a frog and everything else. I'm thinking, how many frogs are that skinny, man? They never looked at it like that. <laughs> My brothers, their most successful fishing days back in the day were done with? Rapala? Nope. The frogs? Nope. Banjo Minnow. Banjo Minnow. The Banjo Minnow. Because <laughs> you make one phone call, 1995, and you get the whole entire set. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, there was no standing around in front of the paint counter going, well, which one should I get? Should I get the strawberry grape tail black motor oil, or should I get, you know what? Just get the Banjo Minnow. They all come in. Everything's ready to go. The whole pack. I've got one or two As of those seen myself. on TV. As seen on TV. You catch a crowd. I probably Bart, still buy them on QVC. Bart and Neil, man, they, they cleaned every stock pond out with those dang banjo minnows, man. <laughs> We've got some. They, <laughs> they really did. These things, uh, Glenn swore by them. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, I can't believe they stopped making those things. You can't find them anymore. Those things are the greatest things, blah, 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 blah. And nowadays, you can go find them. They're kind of like them. But the one that I saw that was being touted at ICAST, and actually, a lot of other people were like, have you seen this bait? Have you looked at it yet? And I did, and I priced it to look and see maybe if we could bring them into the store kind of thing. I'll tell you all about it when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be back. Kids need to settle down. Braden Gunn, Phil George, what? not here. Jonathan Swindle's here we're and just, arguing with Mike Singleton I'm just during the break. How we're blah, going blah, blah, blah. It's really loud. Hey, I'm just discussing how we're going to improve our uh, fish chances at uh, Home Assassa. Speaking of fishing, my uh, sister Nora is uh, going to be calling in the show a little bit later on. It's going to get exciting. She informed me that it is the annual all girls red fishing uh, trip, and that's always usually pretty exciting. Because Nora, run. Nora, remember that it is a family show. We are not on serious. <laughs> so. Because uh, knowing my sister, and it'll be around 8 a.m., they'll probably be at it's least 5 uh, o'clock somewhere. There'll be uh, at least half through a 12 pack, so it'll all be good. You know, buds for I breakfast. I thought that was Bloody Mary's for breakfast. Lone Star for breakfast, or what? Apparel. I don't know what they're drinking out there anymore in Tejas, but uh, she'll be calling in a little bit later on. Before the break, we were talking a little about some of the crazy things that we used to use, and Mike, of course, got on eBay now that he was on a tear. What was the original inbox? Full complete pack. What was the uh, banjo minnow? What was it? One hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred fifty bucks. That you, I lovely, he lovingly pointed out. If you look in the corner, somebody bought it at a garage sale for five bucks. Yeah, they got a sharpie five dollars on the top of it on a piece of masking tape. 
<laughs> I'll make a sticker, put it on and there. They, they probably beat them down. I'll give you three. Uh, you know what? I don't care all this home. I'll give you two bucks for the whole deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, but apparently you can still find those two on uh, eBay. But uh, one of the things that uh, was uh, apparently uh, gripping the audience out at ICAST this past year, this this past in a week or so ago, was a lure that everybody was talking about that uh, was going to be the game changer. And I will give you this. It's activated as soon as you put it in the water. And this thing really does look like a wounded minnow. It really does mimic like a green back or something like that where it kind of darts around a little bit and then kind of stops and then darts down this way and then stops. And then you can have a constant motion like it's pulling against the bobber and then it stops and it really reacts about the same way. Looks great. Thought, man, this thing is awesome. This would be great to have if you don't want to have to go get a bait well full of greenbacks and everything else every time. You know, this would be awesome. How many hits can it take? Uh, well, they say that it's it's very robust and that it can do it. It's made of great materials and all that kind of good stuff. My only problem is $78. Can you say that one more time? $78. So is that a kit? That's one lure. Uh, what? How much is a new cast net? $78. And I said, you know, how in the world did you come up with that number and think that, uh, dude, I've seen guys jump over the side of the boat for a $12 lure. Yeah. I've seen guys crawl up into mangroves for a uh, 6 or $8 mirror lure. They're- come out looking like they got in a fight with a tiger from uh, all of the barnacles for that one nope. lure. How do you ruin your – do you want to ruin your day? Nope. Take your $78 <laughs> swimming whatever uh, robotic animated is what they call it, animated bait and throw it up against the mangroves and have that sucker get tangled up in the roots underneath there somehow. And you know you're going to be out there. Pocket knife well- in one hand and – Trying to dig Scuba it out gear. Well, that's like what me and Jonathan were talking about during the break. I'm going to put a uh, one-and-done feeder on my dock and just let it go off. Right there, McKinley goes out there, fishes all day long, catches all the fish she wants. Catfish? Con- yeah. No. And see, ca- like I said. What are you going to put in a one-and-done feeder that's going to attract trout and redfish? What, shrimp? Uh, uh, anything. Uh, shrimp? You don't think bait's going to come up and want to feed on that? Everything. I got, I'll get, I got, I got a, a little, snook under little something, something for the mangroves and all now. that. You are drunk now on I the show. I wish I was. You're drunk now on the show. I'm telling you. Hey, Jonathan. Dog you food think it's don't work? I, I can tell you right now. I knew some stuff to put out for mangroves challenge. and everything else. That's different. That's, that's great. That's that's where I got the idea. It's, it's I'm brim. telling you, it's going to work. Anyway, 78 bucks for this animated lure, and I don't know. Um, I, I, somebody will buy it. I guess they will. You're I, not going to get one? There is no way I'm throwing Challenge your brother. Dollars. See if he'll buy it and then see if it really works. Wait. <laughs> which one? The one that hangs on yeah. every. There could be one clump of oysters in the entire Gulf of Mexico, and he will hook a lure to it. <laughs> and never get it back. There's no way. There's better learn no how to die, way. boy. There's no way. $78, Walk I'm thinking. gently across them to get your lure. <laughs> so, you know, as a retailer, you think about it, and you're like, how am I supposed to sell this to my customers? Because cost on that has got to be at least, at a minimum, 50-something bucks, 60, uh, maybe 40-something uh, dollars I, at the I most if you get a great it, deal. I'll say it just like this. Depending on what your rate is, I mean, but. Well, and it's like what we were talking about last week with the elect, these electronic sites and stuff like that. 
Um, you look at these Garmin sites that are on the market now that you can hit the button and it tells you the range and puts the dot up and everything else. Uh, you're talking six, eight hundred bucks, you know, and I would never. And I had we had people that as soon as they came out, they called us and yes, sir, we'll be happy to order it for you. I mean, I it's you're going to have those people, I mean, that are going to see something like that. and uh, Yeah, there always will be. I mean, there'll be the guy who shows up with a uh, a Christensen twenty two caliber rifle with a Swarovski on the top of it, sure. But for the average Joe who's going to go out and go fishing for the day, knowing dang well. I'm waiting for the knockoff. That's what I'm going to buy, the knockoff. Dang well that you're going to get that sucker stuck on something somewhere, somehow, some way. And it's that's just a, well, and Mike just hit the nail on the head. That's the other sad part is, is I guarantee you that that person was there. That I guarantee you there was some company from China or somebody there like that that was taking pictures and all that stuff, and give it six months, and you'll have a a 1995 version. Even then, 1995. I mean, well, we got lures over that are like sixteen, seventeen dollars, and. Uh, you get people that are like, hey, man, somebody's just, on the line. It's just a lot. Uh, it's just yeah. it, it looks it looks real good. It does. I showed them the video real quick, but I'm I'm gonna I want to go to this before we go to the phones. I want you to see. You got the saltwater version. You have the classic version. You have the premium mini, and then you have the premium classic. So I'm gonna click on the saltwater one here and see exactly what uh, we're looking at here. All right, you ready? Which one would you like to know? Yellow snapper, blue runner, Jack Mackerel, big eye, big herrings, eye. shad, uh, Pacific mackerel, threadfin herring, American shad, uh, gizzard shad. Any of those ones? Pick one. Big eye. Doesn't matter. They're all seventy nine. Oh, all ninety five. Poor lure. That's that's ridiculous. So but, eighty bucks. But, but I'm telling you, they, they must be selling. If they were a big hit there. They must be selling. Oh, they're people, I guarantee people are out there buying them. I bet eighty bucks. They and, are, but like and, you said, and for that price, they're going to slap a sticker on the back of their truck, letting you know, "Hey, I bought one. I'm yes. one of them guys." The saltwater advantage of the other one is that it actually has advanced swim pattern, state of the art charging, larger battery, and salt protection. You're, it charges the same way as your phone does. You You're, actually plug it in the bottom, and you can. Well, this is what the world's coming to, man. Our bait's got to be charged. <laughs> Well, but then, I mean, but I mean, let's face it. Look at it like this, though, too. Yeti coolers. I mean, for how long? That was the gold You're not going to lose that in the mangroves. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is yeah, but okay. You're not hooking that to We're the... talking about Mexico stealing guns. I mean, how many times we, but, do you know somebody that's had yeah, one of them wait, Yetis wait. sitting in the back of their truck? Let, somebody walks by and. Yeah, but that's let me a, say this. You're though. an idiot This for week, that. I just had a deal with Yeti, okay? I had, I bought one of the, my wife bought me one of the buckets, right? Yeah. I called them up, told them, hey, it's got a crack in the bottom. No problem. What's your address? Poof. Yeah. They're sending me a brand no, new one. No, no, I get that. But what I'm trying to say, no compare it to purchase? it. What I, Nothing. What, what I compare Give me it that to. Number. What I, I compare, swear. I swear. <laughs> what I'm comparing it to is, is once Yeti lost their patents, now look at the market. Yeah. You see how many of the roto-molded coolers that are out there. Some that are even better, actually. That Well, I mean, you see these rotomotor coolers out there that are just as good, keep ice just as long, and, you know, the premium, half the price. The premium saltwater lure, 
That was the regular saltwater lure for seventy nine ninety five. Premium. The premium saltwater lure. The premium. You sit there in the boat and it throws the fish back up in the boat as it catches them. How much? Right for, for eighty nine ninety five and better. Here's my credit card. Order four. $90 for that lure. <laughs> no way. Okay, I'm going to laugh when your wife punches you in the chest at my house tonight. $90 per lure. Nope. That's a lot of Frito Lays. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. We're going to talk with Bill George when we come back from break. So stick around. I'm sure it'll be great radio. Everybody, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, and Mike in for Bill today, and uh, Diego. Second to the last weekend. If you didn't hear the first hour, our our good producer Diego is going to be uh, leaving the show in a little while. Uh, he'll be here next weekend, and then the weekend after that, he's gone. Uh, the young, the young uh, young gun decided to go and join the United States Air Force, so he's going to be heading off, heading off to boot. And so somebody's on the line. Yeah, I think Bill uh, hung on through the break. Bill George, you there? Yes, sir, I am. Are you all right? I have one did, question did, did you for take you some... about that lure. Uh, okay, go ahead. Does it come with an individual serial number? <laughs> Keeps us from getting sued. <laughs> I, with that, I want to be able to trace it if somebody steals it. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna the way it's charging and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure that there probably is some sort of manufacturing uh, number kind of thing somewhere on it. By the way, I have to preface the ones that I was reading were the saltwater and the premium saltwater. If you wanted just a standard freshwater swim around, get it stuck on a log or over in some cattails, it's uh, 35 bucks. So, yeah. Yeah. A little less of a sting, but uh, still not great. I would think I'd have some 80-pound Power Pro or something on there. That way I could rip the mangrove out with it and uh, bring it on home. (laughs) Well, now you're destroying mangroves, and that's a penalty. You could be uh, fined by the state, as you should have found out at the FWC meeting. If you got caught. What do you mean? They're ripping out miles and miles and miles of them so the houses can see the beautiful water. You're allowed to trim them now. You just can't remove them completely. Wait, trim wait. them down to the ground. Well, they, I think. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, can, you mean to tell me that you can't drive or fish or do any harass the mangroves whatsoever? But if you're building one of those multi-million-dollar houses, you're good to go. You can trim them back to a certain point. You can't remove them. It's like palmettos. You know, if you had palmettos growing in your front yard in Pinellas County, you get out there and rip them up. If you rip them out out in Lake Wales, uh, they can find you for removing uh, native fauna, kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, by the way, did you uh, did they talk about any of the uh, berry pickers at all? Was that ever brought up that uh, they seem to be out in the woods these days in in mass? More and more I reports. I have not heard the complaints about berry pickers. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude! They are literally 
There was one guy that did a video. He pulled up on his own property, and it looked like a bunch of guys there to pick oranges. Well, look there at, were cars oh, lined yeah. on the road. Well, look what uh, uh, Jonathan's brother-in-law just went through they with were, uh, mushrooms. They uh, were, he just caught some people out in his farm. Don't get me started. Oh, wait, in a cow pasture? Oh, yeah. Oh, just leave them dudes alone. They'll float away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll just float away. You wait till they're away. tripping out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. If, if he wants to turn around and combat the, the mushroom pickers, just put a rank bull out there and just... just <laughs> No, yeah, that's that, that's a great idea, but here's the problem in or the world. Donkey. Here's the problem oh, yeah. in the world we live in because obviously we were talking about the you know the guns going across the border and everything else. God forbid you're trespassing on my property and doing something illegal. But if you get hurt, I guarantee you five bucks. My dad, myself, my brother-in-law, and everybody else is going to get a letter from an attorney saying how we're getting sued for. God knows what. Because Benjamin twisted his ankle, bro. You don't shoot him and put him out of misery? That's what you do with a cow or a horse. You cross a fence, that's a different deal. Well, (laughs) you would think. You would think, yeah. But uh, think about that. How many people will not allow you to hunt on their lands because uh, they're afraid that uh, if something happens, they're going to end up uh, sued out the yin-yang. You know, it's it's crazy. I say it going back to the gun thing. Why do we have to have a personal protection insurance policy for you to defend yourself in the case that you have to shoot somebody that's breaking into your house? Just use a pencil. So, Bill George, did you learn anything new? I heard maybe you had a, quite a few heavy discussions with some folks while you were there. Well, we we had some we had some rather good discussions. I will will say I went to the FWC commission meeting Wednesday, Thursday, right, and. Um, I, I will always say there's more that gets done in the hall than it gets done at the podium. Um, they the big topic for the sportsmen were was the proposal to modify the restricted hunting areas, and um, FWC was headstrong on going forward with that. Uh, at the very last minute, they got a, a letter from two legislators and a national uh, sportsmen's caucus against it as well as about 20-some people showed up to speak against it. And uh, they pulled it from a voting item and are going to go back and look at it. Now, keep in mind, this is just a modification of the restricted hunting areas. And right now, the rule as it stands is not good for sportsmen. And FWC was trying to make it where not as much would be on the table that the sportsman can lose by by you know changing it to restricting it to only within 300 foot of a draw, dwelling but you know the sportsmen are saying finally we've had enough we don't we don't want to lose anything well now let me table. let me for those who don't know uh there are some uh, things on the agenda that uh, they're trying to modify a lot of people, as you have found out over the years, have no idea what it is you're talking about or where they can find this information. It's kind of like people who still walk in and go, what do you mean i got to check my deer if I come in from Georgia? Well, I mean, I mean, there's still people who oh, don't you, know that there's get- a tag system or whatever it is. Uh, but what this, this, the, the things that you're talking about, where if can the layperson, have- hang on, where can the layperson go and find all this information? Okay, if you go to myfwc.com, right. down at the bottom is commission meetings. You can see the agenda for all the commission meetings, I do believe going back into 2012. 
And on each agenda item, it'll have a link to different rules and different rule language. But in this particular case, it was the first thing up on Wednesday. And it's restricted hunting areas. And it, it was a proposal, like I said, to modify the rules that we have right now. Uh, if you remember back in the day, Pinellas County, they made the entire county a bird sanctuary. Yeah. Well, that type of stuff isn't going to fly anymore, okay? Literally. And that's where, that, that's yes. And so they're trying to make it so that if somebody wants to petition that an area be closed to hunting with a firearm, that they have a way to close it with the firearm and but still allow you to hunt, Okay. Um, so FWC was trying to minimize the damage, and the the people finally have raised up and said, hey, we're, we don't want to lose anything. If you turn around and you build your house next to, uh, let's say, you go out to Lake Kissimmee now, and all of a sudden some rancher sells that shoreline, and it's now developed, well, that's where I went duck hunting for the last 50 years. You know, I want to still be able to duck hunt there. I don't want to lose it because that developer came, built those houses there, and now doesn't want me on that shoreline, you know, mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And that was the that was the real big, big item there. So they're um, not going to vote on it, but they're going to go back and relook at it. So it'll be something that you're going to be fighting again in the future. There, there was enough There was enough of uh, interest by the right people. Right. Uh, it's for them to decide to pull it. They have been headstrong on moving forward with this um, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So, so translation, um, they got their tail caught in the bind, and now they had to back up. Yeah, we'll we'll take another yeah. we'll take another look at it just to make sure that we're not uh, you know correct. We're dotting correct. I's and crossing T's kind of thing. Yeah, I got and you. There, there was some stuff in the way they had it written where if I was a landowner within this restricted area, right. I could give, I could still hunt the restricted area and anybody I gave permission to. So essentially, you could be privatizing certain areas of sovereign submerged lands for just that person and their their friends. Wow! So that and means that, you know, Mike, Mike on his property could. Be the only person who accesses to duck hunting. So if you want to go duck hunting, you got to go pay Mike. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he'll he'll write you a letter of permission. And so there was some stuff in there that yeah, even FWC didn't didn't really see it that way. But the way it's worded, that's the way it could could end up. Well, that's so. the thing. I don't think a lot of times they pay attention to the wording of certain things. As I pointed out, the back in the day that the uh, two does per season kind of thing, and they tried to correct me and say that I was wrong, and I was like, no, the way you read it, if I get in front of a judge, it says two does per season, and the season's from this day to this day, and then it opens this day to this day, three separate seasons. That means I get two in each season. Well, we didn't write it. We didn't mean that. I go, it doesn't matter what you mean. It's the way it's written, bro. And, of course, the next year that was completely changed and uh you're the one that, you're I, the one that messed it I up i screwed man. everybody yeah i'm sorry about that but so uh red tide what else what's going on with the fishing side of it what did uh, well, they, they, have to say? they wanted to extend eric sutton the executive director wanted to extend the closure through october when the next commission meeting is yeah. you know make it make it closed a little longer that you know the the real goal of certain people is to keep snook closed and the more of the open months, the few open months that we have, if we can keep it closed, um, stress the fact that uh, 
you know, the Schwartzman are only taking 1% of the snook by means of, you know, taking for the table. Right. And catch and release kills many, many times more than the 1% that the people keep for the table. And so, you know, of course, they're headstrong on their position. You know, they're 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 tied in tight with uh, certain charter captains, and that that's that's who they're listening to, because as usual, there there's no regular Joes that show up or hardly even write the commissioner. I find it um, interesting but, that they're going to make it wait until October. You know, when the first cold snap comes through and kills. The already weakened snook population, yeah. and now we have to keep it closed again for another five years. But it makes you think yeah. about, like he said, the 1%. That's what we were talking about earlier about the you throw back, you know, 500 dead greenbacks at the end of the day. Sure. It's, you know, the average Joe is well, the one that's taking the beating here. Well, of course they are. And uh, the, the, the thing, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. And the thing that Bill George has pointed out on this show many, many times, and I know it may sound boring to a lot of people, but. Uh, these are people that are making decisions about your ability to go out and go fish and your ability to go catch one if you want to keep it, if you want to keep one and eat it. It's kind of like uh, if the government came out tomorrow and says you can't own a gun and you can't own a gun for four or five years before we'll sell them again. How many Americans do you think would be standing up going, dude, you can't tell me what to do when it comes to this, right? And we do have, we have hunting and fishing rights in this state that may not be written in the Constitution, but they are actually written in the rules that say you can't bar somebody from being able to provide for their family and feed them. I mean, there's a reason why people that are on Social Security or on government assistance can go fish and take it home and eat it. Right. So, I mean, I know there's certain rules that still apply to them, but it still says they can go catch fish without a license and go feed their kids. Right. So, and, and FWC's role is to make sure it's sustainable for all people in the future. Right. So we never want to put the resource in jeopardy, and we should be able to take as many as we are able to sustain. And there's actually rules on what their yield they're supposed to allow. But at this commission meeting, I had a, uh, I heard a commissioner say, how many fish does a person need? They're talking about wanting to restrict uh, like something like mahi-mahi, okay, because how many fish do you really need, okay? Well, it's not his job to figure out what my needs are. If I have a church wild game cookout coming out no. and I want to take and feed a bunch of people, that he has no clue what uh, my needs are. That's right. Bill, he can't tell I mean, me what your job, needs are. Well, no, his I'll be... job is to protect the resource and make sure it's sustainable for for for. In perpetuity. You I, know? Mean, I would be happy to retort to that guy, seeing as I'm a guy who's been fighting kidney disease for the last year and completely changed my diet to a more fish, wild game, and everything else basis. So, yeah, let's talk about how many fish I need. But, but if you're a guy who's going to go out and do a charter and you want to take home a boatload of fish, that's your one trip a year, yeah. maybe for two years. If you want to go back and freeze a bunch, so be it. Yeah, I so. say we go with you can get you can keep twenty dolphin or one gr- uh, one Goliath grouper. Well, yeah, yeah. I That'll like the way that. you think. All right, we got to uh, take a break. All right, we got oh, Okay, bye. See you. See you, Bill. I hope feel you feel better. better. It's okay, the Big thanks, and Wild bye. Outdoors. Hour number three is coming up. My sister uh, Nora is supposed to be called in, so this should be interesting. It always gets crazy Saddle on up. the boat.
We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. 